a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys uh, that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living. It's exactly what makes them extra to me, and I am excited for you to meet them. Now, we've been blessed uh, to have a range uh, of what I'll call uh, trades or vocations represented here on MANA over the the last six or seven seasons. Uh, Guys from the business sector, the military, religious life, education, uh, and it's been great to see how their faith shows up uh, not only in their personal lives, but, but sometimes in those vocations. Well, today's guest answered a call uh, toward an avocation that he just could not deny any longer, so he wrote a book about it. Uh, and unlike a lot of us, including me, uh, he, not only, he not only thought about writing a book, he actually did it. Uh, so we're going to hear all about it and him, uh, but to give you just a little bit of a setup for it, it's a book and really a perspective about recognizing the ongoing, all-around power of the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity that uh, I agree with our guest, uh, sometimes gets, you know, a little bit of the short end of the stick, you know? I mean, as followers, as followers of Christ, you know, we do a pretty good job speaking of and praying to Jesus uh, and his dad, um, but the Holy Spirit uh, is... By, by awesome and intentionally divine design, an, equal, an equally profound force uh, in our faith. And today's guest is uh, driven by a passion to help others uh, not, not just read about it, uh, but recognize it and unlock the Holy Spirit's transformative power. Uh, but lest you think that uh, this book is just uh, a bunch of pages of thought-provoking uh, words, uh, but maybe not actionable content. Uh, rest assured, our guest's approach to the book and to his avocation is really one of coaching. You know, he lays out a really pretty prescriptive method uh, to developing this deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit from no matter where you are starting. So the book is called The Sixth Sola, uh, and the author in today's Man of Man is Mr. Michael Ward. Hey, Michael. Hey, thank you. It's glad to, glad to be here. Awesome. It's awesome well, to be here. Well, I, it's it's uh, it's great to meet you. I can't wait to uh, to dig into uh, to what you wrote about and kind of how you got there. And uh, and in fact, I just downloaded it. Uh, uh, I, I took advantage of. I'm going to timestamp this a little bit, listeners. But uh, but Michael ran a Father's Day promotion uh, with his book, and so I took advantage of that. And I'm now the proud owner of a of the Amazon Kindle version of the, uh, the six solo. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to dig into it here. Um, but I thought maybe we could just start with a bit of the origin story. Uh, you know, how long has this idea for you been in the works and, uh, and, and how did you, how did you kind of, kind of get over that threshold of actually putting these thoughts down on paper? Yeah, that's great. And after, you know, hearing the introduction and your audience as just working people and, you know, I, I would want, I'm not an author. I'm not a theologian. I'm not a scholar. Um, so I just want to connect with the audience of men. And I worked at Honeywell for 25 years. Oh. So I'm an aerospace engineer. And, and Jeffrey, you said you're from Minnesota. So Honeywell used to be the headquarters 
uh, used to be in St. Paul, yeah. but Allied Signal merged with them in 98. So I, I've been around. I just want to connect with the audience that I'm, a, I'm actually a mechanical engineering uh, person by training and I've been in aerospace making aircraft engines for most of my life. So that may shock you when we start talking about <laughs> the Holy Spirit, right? So, and, and another, I know another connection to Minneapolis is my, my mother. My mother is half Swedish, half Norwegian. Oh and both of his parents are from, her parents are from Minneapolis, St. Paul. Oh so, and I grew up in Chicago. So I'm a Midwesterner. <clears throat> my accent probably sounds a little bit Midwestern. And, uh, you are local for sure. And for your mom, you know, up here in Minnesota, you know, half Swedish, half Norwegian, that, that qualifies as dual citizenship here. So that she is, uh, <laughs> there's, uh, she's, that's all that's, that's pretty much as diverse as we get here. So anyway, great, uh, great for that background, but yeah, let's talk about how then, uh, especially given your vocation, uh, how, how'd you end up writing a book about the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Okay. So I mean, the the I'm I'm coming from an engineering thing. I've I've been participating in church. I have a family background. So everyone in the listener, you got a mother, father. You have some kind of introduction into religion. From my dad was Roman Catholic, and my mom was Presbyterian. She wasn't Lutheran because a lot of Minnesota people are probably Lutherans. But my mom was Presbyterian, and the marriage in the 1940s and 50s, they didn't like mixed marriages of Roman mm. Catholics. And Presbyterian. So my mom was kind of an intellectual. She's like, well, let's let's raise the kids Lutheran. And my dad got kicked out of the Catholic Church in the 50s because he didn't agree to raise the kids uh, Catholic. So mm-hmm. so I started my life. I was born in the in this environment, the youngest of four, with this weird, you know, exposure to the Reformation indirectly because mm-hmm. You know, my, my dad was Roman Catholic, and I was being raised Lutheran. So it was kind of crazy, but. Um, and there's just all kinds of dynamics that people have. So all the listeners, I mean, we, we kind of forget our youth mm-hmm. and how impactful our family of origin and all that experience is. But anyways, I'm living my life. I, I was confirmed in the Lutheran church. Um, I didn't like it at all. I mean, I was just kind of forced to go. It was just the family thing. Yeah. And, and I was, you know, with confirmation, and you can imagine the Lutherans, they just love this Martin Luther guy, you know, and yes. Uh, I'm not even German. So my dad, my dad is uh, Irish Catholic. But, uh, you know, the, the family tradition is when you're 14 years old, you get your confirmation and you can decide what you want to do with church. And I was just a, an engineering student, mathematical dude. My, my uh, Norwegian grandfather was an engineer and my uncle. And I was just attracted to math. I wasn't really good in English, right? And here I am writing a book like mm-hmm. 40 years later. But, um, you know, it's just, uh, I, I was born again, you'd say, uh, and when I was working at a grocery store. So my quote unquote testimonies for some of you people that are into church culture and stuff, you've heard about testimonies and things. Yeah. So I was met a woman at a grocery store I work and she just said the simplicity. It's, I love people now because I, uh, I'm born again. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I may have heard the terminology from a Lutheran perspective. Right. But it was all too academic. So, mm-hmm. um, I had a spiritual moment and I would say I have faith because of the Holy spirit. I think that was a Holy spirit moment that revealed that truth that I'd heard about for my whole life, yeah. but it never really understood it. So 
That's my test. Well, re- yeah, and reaching you in a grocery store, uh, not necessarily right. in a formal faith environment kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know where the listener is from, if they're from like an evangelical type church or where they're from, but there's so much talk about evangelism and preaching the gospel and so forth. But to me, it was a human being loving people. And it wasn't just me. I mean, I could just tell this person the way they interacted with everybody as a customer and having that spirit of enthusiasm, Mm -hmm. you know? So I kind of recognize it then. And I started, I said, you know what? I've been a Christian for many years. I'm just going to start reading the Bible. I like Paul and I don't want to sit through a series on Genesis again or something for Mm -hmm. six months. So I said, you know what? Instead of waiting every Sunday to get information or learning and so forth on podcasts, I've never, I only went to his church once because I was on a business trip to San Francisco, but I really love John's writing. And I kind of, he has a book called, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. Mm. So, you know, Part of that is like, you know, I kind of feel like God wants me to write this book about the Holy Spirit and encourage people to. The other little analogy I talk about, Jeffrey, is like getting in the spiritual gym. So uh, what I mean by that is like I a couple of years ago, I took uh, uh, I I signed up for a personal trainer at a gym because I'm not a bodybuilder and. And so I, I hired someone to show me how to use the equipment because I don't know. But it turns mm-hmm. out that the coach that you have or the personal trainer, he doesn't ever lift the weights. You have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So my my you know process is, look, I'll lay out for you what you should read and how you should read it, but it's up to you to do the work. So it's like this is men you know, taking ownership over their spirituality. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the issues with pastors and ministers and priests is – they seem to have this idea that they can do it for us. Like they can build spirituality into us or they can give this awesome charismatic message that's going to influence the listener. But we listen to them for 40 minutes a week if that, and then they go on and study something. So my thing is it's kind of like there's an obesity. People talk about that in America, like the, you know, what's your percent body fat and it's because nobody's exercising and stuff. So for me in a spiritual way, I'm saying, Get in the spiritual gym and exercise because God will speak to you through his word. And, mm-hmm. and the weird thing is, is I've heard that for 40 years. Oh, yeah, God's going to speak to you through his word. But no one ever tells you like, well, how should I read the Bible? Yeah, right. And I don't, the only thing that I feel like I, as me is I want the listener to, to, to go ahead and get in the gym, to think yeah. of it like I'm going to have to build my own spiritual muscles. I don't care what Michael Ward says. I got to do it myself. Yeah. And that's, that's where I want to encourage people to do their own reading. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that is so it's, I think it's the most powerful approach. Cause like you say, you have to, we have to come to it on our own. Cause if we don't, it's not going to last. I mean, we've got to think it was our idea. We've got to think it was our design. <laughs> and, and I think your, your approach of being that coach is, is really insightful. Well, hey, we are, um, we have, uh, we, we could talk all afternoon here, but we have, we've come to the, uh, the last uh, segment of the, of the big show. We call it the fun segment, um, just because I haven't over, over now seven seasons. I haven't come up with a better name for it, but it's, it's, you know, hopefully, hopefully it'll be fun here. So same three questions we ask every guest uh, okay. and just see, uh, see what you think. So the first question is if Jesus 
<clears throat> with the Holy Spirit, because you know they're right there next to each other. If uh, if Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow morning and just wanted to hang out for the day, just going to spend the whole day with Jesus, what are you going to do with him? Yeah, well, I'm a coffee drinker, so I'm to be if it's in the morning, I'd be hey, come on in, you know, <laughs> have a cup of coffee. And and I like that question because it kind of gets to like how personal do I feel Jesus is like so. I have some idea. I kind of feel kind of close to Jesus in a way, but it's, it's, it's as close. I don't know. I mean, everybody can get as close as they, they want. So mm-hmm. my answer is let's come on in and have a cup of coffee for at least the first hour. And I'm like, I would say, so what do we got? 24 hours together or what? I don't know. <laughs> and so, so then I say, I'd be, of course, it'd be like, well, what do you want to do? You know, but I mean, I mean, I think it would be fun and just kind of do that. Um, I would probably ask him like, Hey, were you laughing about some of my jokes or anything? Cause see, so, so the, way, the way I think of, the way I think of Jesus is it's like, why did he ascend to heaven? Right. It's like, nobody really asked that question, but it's like, at least, I don't know, maybe somebody, somebody must've asked that question, but I look at it like, well, of course he had to leave because if it's 2022 and he was still walking around Jerusalem or doing whatever, like what kind of faith would it take to believe in Jesus? Right. right. I mean, he's the only guy that's a living for 2000 years. Right? Right. Yeah. So, so, and I'm like, and also would he look like George Clooney or something like, you know, would, would, would Jesus be walking around like, yeah, Hey man, it's, I'm 2000 year old man. So, but don't I look good? I look like George Clooney. Right. So, I mean, it almost like he had to leave because none of us would have to have faith. Cause it would be like, yeah, there he is. There's a Jesus dude. He's still yeah. alive, walking the earth. Yeah. So, so mysteriously, I think I got the answer to why Jesus had to ascend because he just had to because we wouldn't have to have faith. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's that, and he might rebuke me and say, "No, I heard you say that, Michael, but God didn't think it was that funny." So. You know, so. <laughs> It's a, it be just a day of uh, yeah, day of uh, reflection on all of the all of the ones that didn't land. <laughs> yeah, not really so much. All right, well, fun segment question number two: If you could go to church uh, with any other man, uh, living or dead, uh, and then this can be a famous person or or not, uh, family or not, anybody, any other guy. The only rule is it's got to be a guy, and you're going to go to church. Who are you going to go to church with? For this conversation, I'm kind of leaning towards Dietrich Bonhoeffer because I really mm, get a kick yeah. out of that guy. And and unfortunately, people quote him a lot. And, uh, you know, but no people have to remember, the dude lived in Nazi Germany. So, mm-hmm. so, so he tried to live in Nazi Germany, which is a little different than what, you know, that we live in today. So mm. I don't know. I like Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I find him fascinating, dude. I wish he, you know, unfortunately he passed away or got, you know, executed at the last couple of weeks of the war. All right. Last question. Uh, uh, fun segment question number three. And this is going to be hard for you since you've got a whole, you've got, you've got uh, hundreds of pages of advice here. But if you could just give one piece of advice uh, to a younger man. So think of, you know, maybe high school, middle school. I mean, really f- further upstream. Um, one piece of advice to a young man about just developing a really strong, like you have a really strong sense of faith, but still, you know, just kind of an ordinary guy getting through life. What would be that one piece of advice? 
Yeah, I, th- I would. I'm going to go with the um, read John 21, understand Peter, and just don't compare yourself to yeah. anybody else. Yeah. And think about God as a living God. So, like, just because we have the scriptures and we want to learn, and we can get sucked into. So, as a young man, don't get sucked into trying to be know it all, like trying to know everything in the Bible. Just remember that Jesus rebuked Peter, the great Peter. He rebuked him for yeah. comparing himself to John. So, yeah. so I would, the young man is, you got a long, you know, you, you really have no control over how long you live. I believe that God has control of every breath we take. So as a young man, just re, re, be humble. Remember, you know, having a life is a gift and, um, you know, be thankful, have a lot of gratitude for breathing and being alive. Mm-hmm. And just remember, you don't, you don't, God loves you as your father and think maybe occasionally think of being like in a, a sandbox as a child, how there's 30 kids in the sandbox, but your father's watching you and he's not comparing you to anybody. You just yeah. Watch the comparison. Comparison can really suck you into a bad space. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that is great advice for, uh, younger men and for all of us, uh, men and women of any age. So, well, thank you, uh, Michael Ward. Thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time to share your ideas, to share all of your words. Uh, the book is called the sixth Sola and, uh, the writer is Michael Ward. And, uh, thanks again for being on mana and just best to you as you continue to coach and get us all in that spiritual gym and uh, develop our own strong, I'm trying to finish this metaphor here, (laughs) our strong uh, life of faith with the Holy Spirit. So thanks again. You're welcome. I loved it. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.